Hi, I'm Lily. And I'm Dan. We are The Loaded. Who's in the studio now? We have another guest. We would like to welcome Mohammed Tayem, who is the CEO and founder of Entourage. And you were just on a session. I just saw your keynote. So welcome to our podcast, Mohammed. How are you? Thank you very much for having me. Good afternoon. I just finished storytelling in brands. Okay. Well, tell uh, us a little bit about storytelling in brands. What's the key to it? It's extremely important. And I just spoke about the importance of People, they're spending millions of dollars on advertising, on or organizing events, on digital, uh, social media, etc., without understanding how to speak properly to their audience yeah. about their brand. So basically, they just organize events. They just run advertising campaigns without having a very solid, strong message can interact with the audience to make sure that the audience is being converted into whatever result you're running the campaign. Why do you think that happens? Because obviously it's a massive industry that we work in, it's got massive value. It is very client, audience facing. Why do you think sometimes we don't quite get it right? 10% of the brands, they get it right. 90% they don't get it right, wow. imagine. I mean, that's, that's a very high statistic. 90% of is, people are essentially not getting it right. Imagine 90% of the startups fail from their beginning simply because of they did not manage to tell their brand story right. Why do you think that is? Because brand story is something you need to tell your audience about the brand essence. I need, as a receiver, to see what's in it for me in order to interact with it. Yeah. Most of the campaigns today, most of the brands, they just highlight products, services, discount, 10%, but without interacting, without touching the human element in my audience. This reason goes back into the importance of strategists. They always categorize my target audience as a brand into three categories, B2B, B2C, or B2G. Well, I believe as Muhammad, B2B, B2C, B2G is not the right targeting audience. What's B2G? I've never heard that one before. Business to government. Ah, right. Okay, sorry. I get you. Yeah, it makes sense. The most important target audience, which I need to look into, is a human. So <laughs> me as a brand... I am a human. I need to speak to the other part of the equation, which is the human personality of my audience. So I need to touch his feeling. I need to touch his brain. I need to touch, I don't know what, in order to have him click. Once he clicks, the then the conversion and B2C, yeah. B2G will communication start taking place. But in order to have him click, how many advertising campaigns you've seen since morning on your social media? How many of them you converted into? I've seen lots of advertising, I'm converting none of them. <laughs> Literally, I just much. scroll past them and click, keep moving. Simply because none of them touched you. True. But if you have an interest today in Oscar water, yeah. and you drink it and you're favoring it 100%, you're favoring it 100%. And an Oscar water comes to tell you that the H2 level of the Oscar water is 1%, whatever. It attracts you as an information which affecting your health. So definitely you click to understand yeah. what, are they, what they're talking about. Correct? Yes. Then the conversion will start and the communication will, will continue going. But the first important element, you are a CEO of a company. Yeah. You are a target for me, be it a B2C or B, 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 B2B. At the end of the day, you're a human being. I'm ne I need to talk to you. So once talking to you, I need to reflect in my campaign. People, this edge people to edge. forget that, don't they? Because you are dealing with people. Yeah. Like we always see them as, oh, that's a client. That's well, a government that's a human, official. Like, that's human. It's a that's person. a supplier oh, I've got to speak to them formally or this, that, and the other. But at the end of the day, it's a person. Why Coca-Cola made it until today? Very do smart. Think, do you think Coca-Cola, they need to spend on advertising? 
No, of course, because everyone knows the brand. <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows about them. Everyone is using them on daily basis. Yeah. Why Dior is spending on advertising? Why Rolls Royce is spending on advertising? Yeah. At the end of the day, people, they spend these big brands. They've converted from being normal advertisers and normal marketeers into lifestyle influencers. Yeah. People, these brands, they're influencing your life. Today, you want to be seen driving a Rolls Royce. Correct? Yes. There's no difference between Rolls Royce. Don't take me wrong. There's definitely <laughs> there's there's a difference. Lot. Of, I was about to careful how you finish that sentence. They both will deliver you from point A to point B. True. Delivering you in, in a style yes. is totally different than delivering you just delivering you. But what I'm trying to say that Rolls Royce is a brand today you want to be seen driving because it, it is adding the value, etc. Of course. So if we take a little bit of a step back, so let's talk about the human, which is Mohammed. So yeah. tell us about your story. Where did it all begin? What do you want to do? And what was Mohammed like as a kid? Oh, that's that's a good question. <laughs> it's a great question. Very naughty boy. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you the truth, I always wanted to go and explore since day one, to go and explore what it feels a businessman life. I always wanted to live the businessman life. Wanted to be a wheeler and dealer. Since I was super kid, not a kid, I used to wear a suit and uh, etc. But now when I am in the shoes, I regret every single second <laughs> I wanted to see a businessman. I don't, I don't want the suit anymore, so take it back. It's one of those things like, be careful what you wish for sometimes. Mm. But tell us about that Indeed. journey. So I mean, you said as a, as a kid you wanted to, to work in the world of business. Yeah. I studied business administration. I graduated, lived, raised, born, raised in, in Amman, Jordan. Uh, studied business administration, started my life working in few different industries, telecom, hospitality. I worked for an international brand called Hyatt. Then I worked for a telecom operator, Orange, which is worldwide. Yeah. That's in Jordan. Then I moved to Dubai and I worked for Etisalat. And what, what made you move to Dubai? Opportunities, I believe. Better future. I got married. I couldn't find. I couldn't you pay to, the bills. You needed to pay. So the bills. <laughs> you needed to go to Dubai to be able to pay the bills. So in order to afford paying the bills, that's why I moved I hope, to Dubai. I hope his wife's not listening to this. I hope so as well. <laughs> then I got into the real estate business. Back in the, in the days, real estate was super booming. It makes some good money for the people. Then the the first crisis or the last crisis came. Yeah. Financial crisis came. It hit us bad. I got terminated. I sat home for six months, jobless, trying to figure out what should I do. Then I said, let's go back to our roots and let's wear the suit and see how a businessman life can be. So I established Entourage. I started from, from scratch until today. I'm having the pleasure of having so this interview talking about and Tell us about and Entourage. An incredibly successful agency because you guys you. have done some great stuff. Thank you very but much. But for those out there who don't know who yeah, Entourage is, tell us a bit. Entourage is a live communication agency. Oh, this is how we like to position it. We work with a lot of clients from the international region or local, uh, wherever we're operating. We're operating in four countries. From the perspective of communication, we develop communication uh, strategies and we, we are utilizing the best marketing tool in order to communicate, be it advertising, PR, digital, social media, or events. When it comes to events, this is, I think, what we love to do more, simply because in events you do advertising, you do media buying planning, you do content creation, you do video production, then you do event conceptualization and delivering the message of, uh, of your event. We have, as I said, uh, we are headquartered in Dubai, big operation in Riyadh, Cairo, and Jordan. 
head office is in, in New York. We have big operation when it comes to production facility. We maintain quality and cost effectiveness to our clients in the markets which we are operating in. So six months not working, and then one day you decide to start your own business. Yes. What brought you to that point? Why not just find another job? I tried my best and I couldn't. Mm -hmm. I think what my, what financial crisis made to people, they made find optimistic people at least, they made them find opportunities in the right time. Simply yeah. because when, when I opened Entourage, or when, we opened, when I opened Entourage in uh, 2008, 2009. Oh wow, that was right in the middle of the crisis. In the middle of the crisis. People can't afford going international, to international agencies anymore to develop their strategies or to run their campaigns or do the, their events. They want an agency which they can work with, utilize them at the maximum at a very low cost. Mm -hmm. well, I think this is the, our entry point, that we, we didn't have the power to put bigger prices or bigger price tag. So people used us badly, but at the end of the day, we used it for our, for our benefit. We got more experience. So we when you said you used you badly, yeah. what do you mean by that? They utilized the team, they used the whole services, they used the, the hours, the, the, the working hours in, in, uh, in, in, in a way where delivering the same work outside the crisis will cost them at least three times the price. Mm -hmm. So I will take an example, one of the first client to Entourage, without mentioning names. Before crisis, his retainer was, marketing service retainer was 250,000 per month. And they got us on board for 25,000, 10% of the, of the retainer. We accepted, yes, we accepted. But at the end of the day, we accepted in order to jump into the brand, to jump into getting the experience, to, uh, to, get, to get into the market and people start knowing us uh, better and bigger. So they sort of, people, companies abused the crisis? Definitely. Not because they would like to, but the, that what they I think, can afford. I think, every, I think everyone had to do what they could to survive at that time. This is what they can afford at that stage. I, I, I don't know if you remember the crisis well, but 2009, well. it was so bad on everyone. Yeah. Like almost the current situation, uh, it was so bad on, 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 uh, on everyone. Mm. Mm. Especially um, the countries which were, or the cities which were so open to uh, foreign trades, yeah. expats, international uh, interactions, like um, New York, Dubai, London, etc. But in the years after that, though, you guys built a very successful business. We, we did. Yeah. And we're still doing. We're trying our best to tell you the truth, to maintain the presence, to maintain the quality, to maintain working on the biggest projects which we, which we are, which they're taking place at this stage. We had the pleasure to uh, organize and run the G20 international conferences for the Kingdom of Saudi in wow. the middle of the Corona. Well, I think this is just the reaction. Wow. Uh, also, we had the because that was of, huge. That it was, was a it massive was, event. Tell us, tell us a little bit about that. Because I was here in Riyadh, I saw it was I saw lots Riyadh. of the content. It was in Riyadh. It, we took the international conferences part of it. It was around 65, 75 conferences in in a short period of time. 65 to 75 conferences. Yes, in oh, like four months or five months. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, well, wow. From but also, that was during content, COVID. Still, I mean, that was, was COVID. The whole was, thing was locked down my team from Dubai don't ask me how did I fly them to Riyadh because until now I don't know we had exceptions from all around the world in order yeah. to fly into to come into to Riyadh to manage and to organize we managed we created content we we ran advertising campaign in G20 plus eight countries we ran PR campaigns in the G20 plus eight countries plus events 
we're not talking about small events. We're not dealing with small people. You're dealing with ministerial level. You're talking about Minister of, of, of Energy, for, for example, of Saudi, 20 ministers of uh, energy oh, from, from the yeah. G20 countries, plus the, the, the eight uh, 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 guests. And that's uh, quite a high-pressure environment. High-pressure environment simply because it wasn't physical. It was, oh, phys yeah. it was the first time we do hybrid. Oh, okay. It was physical here in Crown Plaza, Riyadh, for the local crowd. But the rest of the crowd, you connect them from, uh, from all around the world using the technology. So yeah, that's um, that's about it uh, from. But, I mean, that's an incredible step though. You went from starting your own agency in 2008 to then doing the G20 in, in 2020. Yes, in 12 years. Within 12 years. Yeah. Where phenomenal. At, at one point across this 12 years, did you sort of go, "This is it"? Like it's your your pinch pinch myself moment. The first time back in 2011, we received an RFP from Google worldwide into the info account. We definitely, we thought it's not sent by spam. us. It was spam, spam, it's sent by mistake. So when we started reading them and we replied, they replied back saying, yes, we're interested to meet you guys. Is it Google or is it just a spam? So we started checking. You understand, yeah, but we were that, that, that tiny agency. We were very small team. They were looking for an agency to work with in the, in the, in the region. They wanted to, 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 to test this agency with, with an event. If all success, they will sign a retainer with, with them. So this was our first milestone. We had we we have done the event uh, almost uh, at 120% um, success ratio. So we had the pleasure to sign to start partnership with Google since 2011. Until now, we're still the Google agency in the region. Another milestone happened in uh, 2015. Egypt Tourism Authority. They're one of the biggest tourism authorities who spends on the the Egypt brand as a touristic yeah. brand. We won as well uh, the campaign to promote Egypt as a touristic destination in the MENA region. For me, it's a milestone because it's it came exactly after the revolution. If you remember the revolution okay, yeah, in yeah. Egypt between 2010-2014, changing the, uh, the president to the whole political uh, situation. We won it immediately on the, almost the same day or the second day of recruitment of the new um, president, Mr. Abd Fattah So it was a very challenging, very exciting, very interesting, very stressful uh, campaign because you are going from an era into a new era. All the political uh, situation yeah. around it wasn't. And also, Egypt in itself is like a huge touristic destination. In, indeed, like especially you're talking about Egypt. You're not talking about any other market for the Arabs uh, for the Arabs uh, world. So attached to the Egypt market, to attach, so attached to the Egyptians themselves. So you cannot misplay, or you cannot. You need to get right. Yeah, you have to do it 100 percent right. So this is one of as well the milestones which I always uh, love to talk about and feel proud of it. Plus the G20 definitely. Yeah. Wow. But these are very significant milestones. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're not they're, small. They're not small they're events, not easy events. Not you're, you're talking senior level, country level, vision. You know, you just mentioned Vision mm. 2030. Yeah. The G20 is part of that strategy Absolutely. to be attracting these Absolutely. government world leaders to this. Like, Absolutely. You know, a company such as yours, like you can't get it wrong. You have Absolutely. to be able to be right. To tell you the truth, Saudi market today is um, booming enough to give you an, an experience every day. Or to add to your experience, more experiences, every, maybe every day or every second. It's a super challenging, super demanding. I remember the, G, the, the G20, we got it in the middle of the corona, almost no time, you need to start tomorrow, I need your team to start flying tonight. That's, that's the brief. Yeah. <laughs> we got the project as well uh, for Aramco to organize Active Angel. I was just talking about it on the stage. We got a project in the size of 40,000 square meter of 
building, uh, running an advertising campaign all over Saudi in three weeks. So wow. imagine building content, building speakers, bringing people people from all around the world, building the event of a 40,000 square meter Within three weeks. in three weeks. How do you do Without that? having a design yet. So you need to start designing approval. And approvals and climb process. So and ima- imagine, imagine all of this. And it's, yes, it's, it's challenging, but at the end of the day, you learn every day what you need to do for tomorrow. But how does your team deal with that type of challenge? Because that's a high stress environment. It is. You need to fly teams from all around the world. And at the end of the day, you cannot have one team only to accommodate to accommodate the Saudi market requirements. My team from Dubai flies almost every every week. My team from Egypt, from wherever, from New York, from wherever. We so you over over resource. We have all our resources. We bring them always into uh, into the region. But then, does that make the jobs profitable? It does, but it makes it super difficult. Profitable at the end of the day depends on the size of the project, depends on how do you operate and how do you manage. If you produce in the same region, in the same market, I mean, I think this will will work around your cost efficiency a lot. Because, you know, sometimes you, you take on a project, yeah, it's fantastic, it looks lucrative, but then once you break once it down, you start with how much? You get to the bottom line, you don't yeah. make anything. Yes. Exactly. So then you question, why did I do that? Why this? did you do it? That's yeah. why you always need to be very careful before uh, before before signing so you mentioned there that you bring people and teams from all over the world where, where are your offices like where dubai, your, dubai is there so you're, you're based in dubai and then yes. you use i guess like event dubai, experts and people from all over the globe we do we yeah. do we do absolutely we do but i what i meant to say that the dubai team when needed in Riyadh, they, they fly the egypt yeah. team when they're needed their flies even the new we have very small uh, team in new york as well yeah we fly them in as well and are these permanent teams that like these offices? Are permanent, yes, yes, yes. These wow. are our offices. But do you expand? We expanded to Egypt this year. I think I always wanted to have a regional uh, agency because all the agencies either connected or part of international groups. You rarely see a regional agency where it has presence only in the region and it operates to the understanding of the region from culture and language perspective. So th- I think this is the vision behind uh, behind entourage and before 2030 to have a regional agency. So my question is, now that the 2030 plan has happened and everyone's coming to Saudi, how are you going to keep your edge? Because the competition is going to get bigger and bigger. The competition is super big. I believe today our edge is content creation. Mm-hmm. There are a lot, and you're in the industry and you understand what I'm talking about. There are a lot of agencies, event agencies or market agencies. Most of them, they go into a client when a project just for the sake of executing someone's vision, which is the client. Yeah. What we're trying to do or what is our edge as, as entourage, we work from the other side of the table. We tell the client that this works, this doesn't work. It doesn't, it doesn't succeed all the time, but at the end of the day, this is what we fight for, to tell the client that this is what you need to do in order to achieve your target. Audience. But it's actually contributing to the vision rather than just executing exactly. some of the vision. Exactly. We build ideas, we conceptualize events, we build agendas, we build topics, we build talking discussion points, we bring speakers. Then we go to a client, tell them that if you want to reach it to this one, two, three, this you need to do one, two, three. These, this is the content, this is the topic, this is the speaker who can deliver it. You can't bring Muhammad, don't bring Elon Musk, but at the yeah. end of the day, the importance or the power which Elon Musk will put on the stage, Muhammad definitely, if he stays on the stage for 24 hours, will not give the same 
power of Elon Musk on stage. Do you find that markets like Saudi, which is like massively evolving in a very, very short space of time, are they really engaging in that collaboration? Like, do they, do they, they appreciate want it? it heavily? Okay. At the beginning, I thought it will not be appreciated, but when I when we started approaching uh, the clients here in Saudi, we saw that they appreciate, they they listen, they understand. They take into consideration, not everything, but at the end of the day, they hear you out and they take what suits their bigger vision and they, they adapt it. So what's the vision for Entourage as you move forward? Having Entourage as a regional agency, I think this is the, biggest, uh, this is the yeah. biggest vision. And then what does that mean? Does that mean like representation in different, different locations or? Operation. 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 Yeah. And now we started this year, 2022, we started the, the operation in Cairo, full operation. Yeah. So now we have, uh, as I said, uh, UAE, Saudi, and, and Egypt. Would love definitely to go into Morocco. Would definitely would love to go into more, 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 more markets. I mean, like the Middle East in general is a region that's very. It's waking up. Yeah, I'm really to waking up. Especially there's lots of opportunity there for sure. Exactly, especially in this industry. If you go back into the days, 2004, 2002, when the first JITEX happened in Dubai, events industry, people did not understand what's the meaning of the importance yeah. of event industry, having the event as an industry by itself. People, they looked at, at it as a service. Yeah. So each and everyone who doesn't have anything, he opened an event agency for his wife. Of course. Or opened a PR yeah. agency for his wife. Because people did not understand the importance of how it, it plays a role in the industry, in the economy, etc. Oh, in culture. In culture, definitely. I look at Dubai Expo, what happened mm. to, to uh, it, it elevates the market for six months, yeah. it activates the market, hotels, cars, restaurants, hospitals, yeah. banks, uh, retail, etc. So people now in this part of the region, they started appreciating and understanding the importance of uh, this industry, event management, marketing at large. And what do you think the vision holds for the region then in general? Obviously, we've got Saudi, we've got Qatar, we've got the UAE still, which will always be a powerhouse when it comes to live events and communications. But what about the wider region? Where do you see it heading in the next few years? I believe Saudi will be leading the, the, the picture at least for the upcoming few years, at least for, for, for the upcoming few years. Saudi, the biggest economy, the biggest purchase power, one of the biggest uh, consumer base. I think that's uh, like the youngest demographic. And the youngest, absolutely. Yeah. Dubai will remain Dubai forever. Dubai is always number one when it comes to bringing everything new, making everything new and driving everyone to Dubai. Well, they become a benchmark. Order. They are the benchmark, which the, 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 this, the, which the rest of the region look at. But what I meant to say that Jitex started from Dubai, Expo, I mean, uh, Sitscape started from Dubai, etc. So these, these assets today are built in Dubai. They will remain in Dubai, I think, forever. Then, Look at the government summit, etc. I was going to say, then what do you want about what's next for Saudi? Because I know that they're looking at, well, they're hosting the Asian Games here, I think. Going for Expo. They, yeah, they went for an Expo. There was rumours about a football World Cup. I believe, 20, I believe 2030 will be, um, will be the year. Well, okay. Basically, in 2030, just, we're all going to be living so in Saudi. Just eight more years. They filed for the Expo 2030. Yeah, they yeah. have. They filed for the FIFA yeah. hosting the World Cup. They filed for the Olympics, the Winter Olympics as well, 2030. I saw that. Yeah, yeah Neon, which completely yes, blows my brain. So basically, 2030, I believe, will be a year which each and every market will be after. So then there's businesses which are establishing ourselves in a region, then really we need to be watching what's happening in Saudi Absolutely. over the next eight years. Absolutely. Because that is the future. Absolutely. But I think, I think agencies and people that are looking to come out to the region need to realise that it's not about just open up an agency and you're fine. You actually have to know what you're doing. 
You actually I, need to stay here you, to understand what's so going on. So you need to understand well, I was going to say, as you're doing a lot of business here, what's one of the biggest challenges as a, as a business Flying owner that you face? <laughs> do, you know, do you know what? Like, I can relate to that recently. Like, yeah, it is, I used to love airports. However, now yeah. I'm just like, oh, I have to jump on an airplane. But as someone who's doing a lot of business in Saudi, what's been one of the, the biggest challenges of, of operating here? Other than flying every week, um, I believe uh, because the market is a little relatively new to foreign investments or foreign business business owners, I believe still adapting into either us adapting to a system or the system adapting to us. Or I finding think this, a system that works. Uh, it, 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 takes, it will take time for both parties to meet in between. But that's normal. I mean, yeah, the, U, the UAE exactly, went through exactly the same, same thing. thing. Absolutely. Each and every country, when it opens up to... Well, it's got its outsiders, teething, it's got I would its say. Problems. It'll, it'll, exactly. find, it'll find its exactly. groove, is what you Until saying. we meet in the middle. Got to find the groove. The All right. Yes. Nice. All right. I'm really excited to meet in the middle. Same. We can find out what's happening in Saudi over the next few years. I've got a really random last question. Go on, you always Absolutely think. nothing to do with Saudi. Just to keep it different. <laughs> if you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? If I'm not doing marketing? Mm. Mm. Great last question. Great last question without an answer to the truth. I don't have an answer for it. I I have done technology. I have done IT. I have done hospitality. Did not enjoy any. So I believe... Lying on a beach somewhere, maybe? (laughs) I actually feel like the fact that That's in five years. Six, seven years. uh, After retirement. 2031. There you go. <laughs> I'm sorry. I actually find the fact that you didn't have an answer the answer. That, that's the answer. Yeah. So you're exactly where you need to exactly. be or where you want to exactly. be. Passion is all about enjoying a life. Oh, there you thank go. you for having Indeed. me. Mohammed, thank you so much and enjoy the rest of the, right. the event show. Thank you very much. I appreciate really the cool. time. I appreciate the, 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 the chat. We're looking thank forward to hearing more. Right. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Hi, I'm Lily. And I'm Dan. We are the loaded.